are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering everything about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, and we're going to cover a lot of things here because some things happened over the weekend. First and foremost, the Lakers and Heat are going to be in the NBA Finals. I'm assuming, just a guess, you're not rooting for the Lakers in this one. How do the Heat match up, and are they the better of the two teams, the Celtics or the Heat, that could have gone on to face the Lakers in the finals after winning their game last night? We're also going to talk about Dell Demps. Yes, Dell Demps, but in the context of the Utah Jazz, because he's going back to being a coach, going from the front office to the bench. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And then we're going to lead off today's show talking about Ty Lu coaching profile. Does he make sense? Why would he be a good fit? Is, in fact, he the front runner for this job? We'll get into all of it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get $10 off your next order. So Ty Lu, this is the guy that everyone has assumed is kind of the front runner for every job, and I think it's probably safe to assume that he's the front runner for the Pelicans job as well. This is probably the guy they want. It's just, is he going to end up here versus maybe a place like Philadelphia or the Houston Rockets where they're built to contend more immediately? He has an interesting reputation among Pelicans fans and others around the league, and it's kind of a LeBron effect on things that people don't think he did a whole lot when you have LeBron James and LeBron James is the de facto coach of the team. I think that's true about LeBron James in certain situations, but I don't think that's true about him and Ty Lue. Before Lou went to Cleveland, he'd been a player in the league. You, know, you might know him most famously for being stepped over by Allen Iverson in the NBA Finals. He was an assistant coach with Boston for two years, an assistant coach with the Clippers, and then interviewed for the head coaching job of the Cavaliers. Didn't get the job, but they made him the highest paid assistant head coach in the league, and he was the associate head coach of the team during that time before replacing David Blatt after he was fired mid-season. So most of the time, yes, I do think LeBron maybe kind of just does what, what he needs to do with some of his coaches. Blatt was one of those guys. He openly criticized and questioned Blatt, even went so far as to change multiple plays coming out of timeouts. He changed one that he then went and hit a game winner in in the playoffs with. So I don't think that he, LeBron is the easiest person to coach or will even let you coach him. But Ty Lue, it seems to be very different. There is a reason they fired Blatt midseason and then replaced Ty, uh, replaced him with Ty Lue. And then Lue as a head coach that season went, uh, 27 and 14, 66 winning percentage there. They won the NBA finals coming back from, uh, a deficit to beat the Golden State Warriors. And that is, one of the better coaching jobs I think you're going to see. The way he would publicly call out LeBron, whether it was in huddles, during timeouts, where you could see everything going on, was very, very rare. At one point telling LeBron James to just shut the fuck up because he was in control and handling all of this. The way he could reach these guys and get stars to buy in and play at that level, including LeBron James, really does say something. We've talked a lot about how the next coach, accountability, right? Like that's a word that gets thrown out and brought up around all of this. I would, assume, if you've got a guy who's going to hold LeBron James accountable 
and gets under LeBron's skin enough to get him to play insane basketball in a game seven. And that was Ty Lue calling him out on certain things and just pressing all of the right buttons. I feel good about holding these other guys accountable too, I think. So if you want that quality in your coach, set aside the stuff with LeBron thinking that LeBron was just, uh, you know, that, that Ty Lue was a puppet for him. If you can motivate LeBron, you can probably motivate almost any other person. And if you can get LeBron to buy in and do what he needs to do, you can probably get others to buy in and do what you need to do. Same thing with Kevin Love. He bought into what Ty Lue was doing and was a big part of that championship. Same for Kyrie Irving as well. So I think that all looks good on him. In terms of the other stuff, though, is he actually a smart coach, right? The answer is yes. The answer is simply yes. He knows basketball. Kevin Love on J.J. Reddick's podcast actually said that his X's and O's from Ty Lue were great. They might not look great during the regular season because they experiment a lot trying to figure things out so that when they get into the playoffs, they're ready. They know certain lineup combinations do or don't work in specific situations. Having that knowledge and the willingness to experiment during the regular season Nick Nurse is kind of famous for doing this with Toronto right now during the regular season and then knows exactly the adjustments he needs to make in the playoffs. That is what Ty Lue does. That sounds good to me as a head coach. It might not be he's an offensive guy or a defensive guy. You have assistant coaches for that stuff a lot of the time. But the willingness to experiment, to probably be collaborative with the front office, which is what you know David Griffin wants in this hire, all of that seems good in what you want for your head coach. Lou has in 211 games as head coach, he's 128, uh, 128 and 83. That is a 60.7 winning percentage. It's all very good. Three straight NBA finals, winning one championship with Cleveland. He got fired after an 0 and 6 start there, uh, the season after basically everyone left, but they were bad. No one's going to fault him for any of that. And then he's been with the Clippers as an assistant head coach this past season. The Clippers flamed out of the playoffs, and maybe that's a bit of a negative on Lou in some capacity, though I think more their roster and kind of just the general makeup of that team is kind of weird. Maybe learn what not to do. I don't know. Maybe learn, like, don't worry about the whole um, uh, rest stuff that they try and do and load management and all of that. I think he's probably picked up one or two things on how not to have a team work and the dynamic you want to avoid and not create with the Clippers this offseason. But Lou's probably the favorite. And I think that he's probably the guy that they're hoping will take this job, but maybe it's not Lou's number one choice. But X's and O's, that stuff's sound. Connecting with the players, that stuff's sound. There's a reason Lou is number one on most boards for almost any job, and there's why. No different for the Pelicans. Coming up, we'll look at Dell Dams going to the Utah Jazz and why I think this is rather hilarious in some kind of way. And then finally, we'll wrap up by looking at the Lakers and Heat. Do the Heat have what it takes to win the title and to beat the Lakers? It's a good question, and there's one thing that really goes in their favor, and I'll explain what that is coming up. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, you just got plenty on your to-do list, and give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door, and ordering is really easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food's going to be left safely outside for you with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. And with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your 
favorite national chain restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. And frankly, many of your lo- favorite local restaurants, they are because I order them all the time, are still open for delivery. DoorDash partners with them. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are, of course, now contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONMBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only daily show breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team. We're here Monday through Friday for you all. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so some news that was unexpected coming late last week. Former general manager of your New Orleans Pelicans, Del Demps, is going to be with the Utah Jazz. Not in a front office role, though. He is going to be an assistant coach for the team next season. So when I first heard and saw this, I just kind of laughed like I, I just laughed obviously I'm not a huge fan of Dell Demps and don't like the job he did here in New Orleans we saw it blow up spectacularly at the end don't get me wrong he tried he tried and some of the moves were fine sometimes injuries derailed some things too but also some moves were bad though maybe Solomon Hill making it to the NBA finals actually looks good now with that sign but besides the point not a fan of Dell Demps which is understandable he is going to be an assistant coach, which I think is interesting. Not in the front office, and I wonder if maybe he was going to have some tie, uh, trouble kind of landing one of those roles. But he's reuniting with Quinn Snyder, whom he worked with with the Austin Toros in the D-League in the Spurs organization before Quinn got that job. And he has a relationship with him, and it sounds like it just kind of made sense. Demps had been spending some time out there in Utah during practices, other things like that, um, and kind of integrating himself with the team a little bit, but probably just kind of wanting to watch and learn more and get some time in the NBA outside of the uh, New Orleans franchise. I think that's a smart thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't doubt that he won't be a fine coach potentially. And like, I'm actually rooting for him to succeed, even if I don't like the job he did here in New Orleans. Part of that's because he does have that kind of varied playing experience overseas and whatnot that I do think lends itself to kind of having a broader base of knowledge that you might get, just different experiences, some diversity and thought on your staff is never a bad thing. Having a guy with front office experience isn't a bad thing either in uh, on the bench in a way because they get how all of that works. You can kind of connect with different people in the organization that way. Where I wonder if this is going to succeed is everything, and I've, I've kind of said this here on the show, that everything I've gotten about Del Demps is he was not a relationship builder. There was not really one person in the organization that was upset that he was fired. That is a little bit surprising. The fact that when I went into the building the day after he was fired or whatever the next game was, and it felt just like a dark cloud was lifted off of the building, off of the franchise, that uh, does that lend itself to him being a good assistant coach and building valuable relationships with these players to coach them properly? That's the question I have about this. He did not build good relationships with his players here in New Orleans. The guys he drafted, the guy he signed, like the three guys he drafted, the guys he signed, all of that did not build relationships with them. A lot of them did not like him, thought he was cold towards them, very business-like. It didn't just have the atmosphere, the culture that the team, that the players wanted. And that extended to family members of the team too and all of that stuff. How is he, if that doesn't change, 
I wonder about him as an assistant coach. If you're not able to build those relationships with the players on the bench, the guys you're going to be working with and grinding with on a daily basis, it's not going to work. You need that quality in there. That was not something that I had seen from him, heard about or anything like that in the Pelicans organization whatsoever. So I hope it works out. Like I, I don't root for anyone to fail and I hope it works out for Dell Dems. I'm just very curious that it will. Coming up, final stock, not like a big breakdown. We'll probably do that uh, for the Wednesday show, but what's going in the favor of the Miami Heat in this one? And there's a big one, and I'll let you know what that is coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. This one's simple. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Frankly, the only thing that's better than Built Bar is, well, the new and improved Built Bar because they've gone through a relaunch. They've changed the formula a little bit. These things were already delicious. They were already really great. They're just a little bit better now. They didn't need to do much. They just took it to a slightly new level. They added in new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, toffee almond, double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie. You go on and on and on and on. These things are unlike any other protein bar that you've ever had. You're going to think you're eating a candy bar. Protein bars, chalky, dry. They kind of dry your mouth out too, like granular, right? All of that stuff. These are soft, they're easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and you're going to think you're eating a candy bar. They're great for the health-conscious person who's looking to just lose or maintain weight while eating something that's not miserable. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And they've got some that have 19 grams of protein in 180 calories or 17 grams of protein in just 130 calories. These things are just delicious. They're good for you. Compare the nutritional facts to other bars on the market. Built Bar is going to win. So if you've ever bought Built Bars before using the lockdown code, they've reset it for the relaunch here so you get to double dip and try it again. Plus, they're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off over at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pels wherever you get your podcast from Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's head coaching stuff, whether it's NBA finals previews and everything in between free agency, the draft, we cover it all here on Locked On Pels wherever you get your podcasts. So the NBA finals are set. They're tipping off Wednesday night. And as I watched the game last night, we already knew that the Lakers were going to be in it. They made it in on Friday. LeBron James getting that team back to the NBA Finals a decade after they had been. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Anthony Davis, a time to look like the best player in that series against the Nuggets for Los Angeles. Um, and, or sorry, on Saturdays when they made it in. He looked like the best player on the team. And finally gets that deep postseason run he's wanted. And part of the reason why he forced his way out of New Orleans, especially to that team, which had LeBron James, he looked very good. They're in the finals. It's annoying as fuck. Like, that, that's it, right? Like, no one is rooting for the Lakers outside of L.A. I, I don't hate A.D. I, I, you know, I don't like the way he handled his exit here, but I don't hate him to the degree that some people do. Also, part of that's just me being a little bit impartial and covering the team, too. But I don't hate Anthony Davis, and I'm kind of rooting for him to do well. Like, why not? But I don't want to see him and this Lakers team win. Like, not not a damn chance. So as I watched the game between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, and I've watched the series knowing that it was going to be the Lakers in the finals, I've wondered kind of back and forth a good bit of who was going to be the best team to kind of beat the Lakers. Who's going to give them the best chance uh, at losing, frankly? And I've gone back and forth between both the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. The Celtics with scorers in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart. All of that, pretty pretty big and pretty important, I think. Having guys who can kind of create their own shots like that and having multiple guys to do it. 
But I just don't know if they have any answer to the inside for what Anthony Davis would bring. And maybe that's what this series really comes down to. So when you look at the Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo, particularly in the closeout game, game six, 32 points, 14 boards, something like that, was pretty much unstoppable and was unstoppable throughout a lot of the series. Offensively, but also defensively, he is so good. He would have been a worthy MIP uh, choice to win. He might be able to neutralize Anthony Davis to the degree that you can neutralize Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis has looked like he's gotten even better in Los Angeles this year than when he was here in New Orleans with the Pelicans. But Bam might be able to neutralize him, slow him down, and give him fits on the offensive on the defensive side of the ball too. Bam was causing all sorts of people to pick up fouls for the Boston Celtics. And doing that and getting AD into some foul trouble, that will all go a long way and could be pretty big, I think. So when I look at this, I do wonder if the Heat can maybe win this. I do think they have a chance. Bam and then a ton of three-point shooting from this team is a really good way to beat Los Angeles. LA, are they going to have enough aggression outside of LeBron James to beat this Miami zone? I think that's a valid question. Are they just going to settle for three-point looks and try and outshoot this Miami zone, which is a way to break it? I don't know if they're the best three-point shooting team and want to kind of get into that, but if they don't have the aggression and you have Bam anchoring that defense down low, well, then I think their defense could prove a little bit troublesome for Los Angeles. Now, if LeBron gets into killer LeBron mode, okay, good luck. But their defense really could play a part, a big part in this and will play a big part in this. Offensively, I am a little worried about Miami. Bam can go and score. Jimmy Butler, though, has been inconsistent. And if they have an off three-point shooting night, they're going to lose unless Jimmy steps up. If Butler goes a quarter where he doesn't score, he was aggressive in the first half in game six, but then disappeared in the third before reawakening in the fourth to help them close that out. I don't know if that kind of inconsistency and disappearing for a quarter at a time for Butler is going to work against this really good Lakers team and really good Lakers defense. That's going to be a big problem. If Jimmy's going over five and a quarter... They're going to be getting transition opportunities to go and score. And the Lakers want to live as much in transition as possible. Their half-court offense is not great. They don't want to play there. So if Jimmy Butler is not having an efficient shooting night, missed rebounds can get this Lakers team out in transition, that's going to be a big problem. But I do think that with Bam, this Heat team has the best chance to win versus the Boston Celtics. And Bam being the difference maker, I'm excited to watch that battle between him and Anthony Davis. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Big thank you to Built Bar for sponsoring today's show. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get $10 off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. And also DoorDash. Use promo code Locked On MBA for $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.